guys. I am Rob Palante, and you are listening to Mindset Body Bank. Remember, at the end of today's episode, if you enjoyed the episode, if you uh, got some value out of it, uh, if it made you laugh, cry, or stirred you in any way, please leave a comment, a like, a share. Uh, I really appreciate it. So, on to today's episode. What should you really be doing right now? Well, that's a question that today's guest asks himself, and it keeps him focused um, and prepared as he goes through his day. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He was born in Waterdown and raised in Waterdown, Ontario, which happens to be my current hometown. Uh, He donned the pads and was a goaltender, um, had a great uh, uh, junior career as he was drafted in the uh, third round, uh, 54th overall by the Niagara Ice Dogs in 2008. He had uh, had a stellar career there, as I said. He was voted as the um, the best goaltender uh, of the year in 2010-2011. He made the uh, first team All-Star in the OHL that year also, and also had the lowest team goals against average in 2011-2012, the Dave Pinkney Trophy. Mark then went on, um, played for uh, Canada at the World Junior Championships in 2011, where he won a silver in 2012, where unfortunately they had to play for the bronze medal game. Mark then shares that with us. Um, He also um, was drafted in the first round in 2010 by the Phoenix Coyotes, and and, uh, he shares his journey through uh, junior and pro hockey. Guys, please welcome Mark Byzantine. Mark, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking time to join me today. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here. Good hometown guy. <laughs> now, you're not currently living in in uh, Waterdown, are you? No, I'm not. I'm I'm in Dundas, not too far down the road now. Not so. down, yeah, you know what? I was a member of Dundas Valley for about eight years. Great golf course there. Great little town, too. Yeah, it is. I agree. So, Mark, um, before we get into uh, into your playing career, um, you, you know what uh, what are you up to these days? What are you doing? How are you keeping busy, especially during COVID? Yeah, yeah, COVID's definitely uh, changed up the daily routine. Uh, missed the gym a lot. Missed getting out and about with friends, but uh, giving me a lot of more time to work on business and, and my projects. So, we have a, a beverage company that just launched uh, in December. Um, we make hard sparkling tea. It's an alcoholic beverage. So we basically uh, took four flavors to market, um, made the recipes, uh, did all the branding and brought that uh, brought that to the market within eight months. So that was a fun project. Uh, nice. Now it's up to us to start increasing sales. And then I'm also just working on uh, a tech platform for sports, which uh, it's sort of still in the planning stage. So we're not exactly sure where that's going, but uh, yeah, that's sort of the next project that's on the docket that's going to start to get pushed forward. Well, geez, from alcohol to tech, you got you got it all covered off. I mean, they kind of go Easy. hand in hand, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Total opposite fields. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's definitely it's busy. Busy is good. Yeah, no, busy is absolutely good, and I, and I can certainly relate. It's funny, I um, I spent a little bit of time in the beverage industry. Uh, back when I left hockey and um, my uncle and I had the rights to uh, um, uh, Upper Canada beer. I don't know if you remember that. It might be a little bit young, but they had a, they had a microbrewery downtown. It's actually um, uh, steam, steam something now. Anyways, um, but I, uh, I opened up all of the distributorships down in the U.S., 
for it. And uh, we can talk about that offline. It might be able to help you in the, uh, cool. in the placement side on the alcohol stuff. And then uh, when I left that, I got into the tech space and I spent 20 years in mobile apps and technology, um, again, south of the border, more in line with the transportation industry, where I was working on uh, mobile apps for drivers um, so that they could move from paper-based electronic logging devices to, uh, to um, uh, automated on a, on, a, on a mobile device. Anyways, uh, enough about that. Um, so you got your hands full. You're diving into a couple of good projects there, it seems. Uh, obviously keeping you busy um, just so that our listeners know what the relationship is mark and i actually connected on uh, on a little app called clubhouse and um, you know i have a tendency to go and look for a canadians and guys with a hockey background because there's always something to talk about and we wound up in a couple of rooms and chatting and connected and um, and mark was kind enough to uh to to give us his time today to jump on the podcast so Mark, you know, looking back over your career, you had, um, you know, you had a great junior career, um, you know, with the Ice Dogs and out of Niagara, um, a little bit of uh, international experience. And, and I'm sure most people would remember you from those, um, th those uh, uh, days with, with uh, the uh, World Junior Team Canada team. Um, share some of your experiences. A, first of all, growing up in Waterdown, where you played, and um, and then uh, how you transitioned into junior and, and those junior experiences. Definitely, yeah. So I grew up uh, like most Canadian kids. My dad was pretty awesome. Made a backyard rink for us, which was where I learned how to skate. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Basically, our whole neighborhood would come over after school and we'd play hockey from the end of school until bedtime and we didn't stop and uh, my first year as I was a player in house league strapped on the pads loved it uh, moved right up to double a where I played for two years and then after that was on to triple a played for the Holland Hurricanes for the most part with one year in Hamilton with the junior Bulldogs at the time and uh, yeah I went into my OHL draft year not as one of the best goalies but uh, probably one of the higher up ranked guys but had to prove myself a bit so that, that was um a big year for me and I definitely challenged myself to be the best goalie and ended up being the third goalie drafted in the OHL. I was drafted in the third round to the Niagara Ice Dogs, which was not too far down the road, which was super exciting. Um, really had no idea where I was going to get drafted that day. So that was a nice surprise and just showed up to camp as a naive young 16 year old having no idea, you know, where, where I was going to end up, whether it be on the Ice Dogs in junior A or B and just had a great camp and they basically said hey you're not going home you're going to stay nice so that was uh that was interesting that was tough for my parents i think to say goodbye but for me it's where i wanted to be and uh, at the time the team was coming off a really strong season so it was more of a rebuild and two rookie goalies gave me that opportunity to play a lot of games early on as a 16 year old and it was not easy i was very bad <laughs> uh, I struggled, struggled very, very much to keep up with the, the speed of the game. And I think I, oh God, I probably went, probably won five games in my first 15 or 20 games. And it was, it wasn't fun, honestly. Like it was so yeah. hard. Um, it was tough being a rookie in that league for me as a goalie. And I, I was just really struggling to keep up. And at the deadline, we traded for an older veteran guy. Um, to take to get rid of our other goalie our other rookie goalie so that basically cut my playing time from playing every other game to playing zero games 
So from Christmas to the playoffs, I played one game. And the only game I played was the last game of the regular season because we clinched a playoff spot and it didn't mean anything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a I tough, a it's a tough jump. Yeah. It's a tough jump, you know, for a lot of young guys to make that to junior every time you go to the next level. And I'm sure you can attest to it because you've, you've played at all of them. It, it's an adjustment, mm-hmm. you know, the, the talent pool gets deeper, the speed gets, picks up the intensity level, the puck movement, everything just, it's an adjustment. And, and I can't imagine, you know, as a goaltender, how you have to be able to relate to, you know, just the speed of the game. It's, it's, I had a hard enough time as a defenseman, just keeping up. I used to look forward to playing in those small rinks as guys got faster. Yeah, that was definitely the hardest transition. Any, anything after that was really not that difficult, but from minor hockey to OHL was by far the biggest speed change and, skill adjustment um and it was tough like i had a coach who didn't particularly like goalies he basically <laughs> told me basically pulled me to the side and said no matter how well you play like you're not going to play and he pulled me in a game after the first period we were tied 1-1 no reason to pull me just told me he had a hunch um so that was little things like that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way and i I sat, you know, 30 odd, 30 some odd games in a row the second half of the year. And it, it got so bad in my mind that I almost contemplated quitting hockey. Yep. And I don't, I don't tell a lot of people that, but my dad, he said something good. He said, listen, you committed to playing the whole year there. So you have to finish your year. And then if you want to stop playing, you can make that decision after. Yeah. So it, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So like I, that season ended, um, I went back and, you know, the next year was my NHL draft year. And I basically said, okay, I'm either going to push myself and work as hard as I can work my ass off to get drafted, or I'm going to pack it in. Think Uh, about how close, think about how close you were to making that decision. I've talked to a couple of guys, like, you know, even, even like Chris Draper was on the show and he struggled not so much at, at the, um, at the junior level. um, But when he got to pro, so he actually went from the Canadian junior or the, um, there used to be the Olympic program and you could go from minor hockey to the Olympic program. So he went there and then got drafted. He was a third rounder to Winnipeg and just couldn't get in the lineup. And then they had an ownership or a management change, coaching change, and they didn't want him. And he came that close to playing, you know, he's known as the $1 man because they traded him Detroit for a buck. And he went on, had a 17 year career and he's one of five Detroit Red Wings to play over a thousand games. And he's got four Stanley cups, but he was, like you that close to just, you know, packing it in. What kept you, what kept you going? Uh, good question. My whole life growing up as a kid, I, I knew I wanted to play in NHL. I wanted it um, so far as parents would ask me what I wanted to do. And I'd say, I want to play in the NHL and they would laugh. And I'd say, no, like I'm serious. Like I'm going to do it. And so I had that drive. I always had that drive regardless of what was going on around me. And uh, I remember that summer after my first year in the OHL, I saw an email come through saying like Niagara Ice Dogs have decided to fire so-and-so head coach. And that was sort of like a pick me up for me. I didn't particularly <laughs> like him. So that was, I'd already decided before then that I wanted to keep going, but I said, you know what? I have a dream to play in the NHL and I'm going to do anything I absolutely can to do that. Yeah. And I just came off the toughest year of my life and, to be honest, like that, that provided so much fuel for me to work hard. I'm, I'm a type of player who was fueled by anger. Um, I had equipment reps telling me how much better other goalies that were my age, how much better they were than I was. That pissed me off. I had a ton of doubters, ton of haters, and that is what I used to 
go to the gym for four hours a day, skate for two hours a day after that. It was insane the amount of work I put in. It became my life and uh, it, it paid off and then some. Yeah, I, I guess so. So you go from almost quitting the game, you, you get a little bit of a break, you see a chink in the armor there, so you, you hang in and uh, you're going into your draft year. Um, looking online at the round and what pick you went, uh, I'd say you made the right choice. Yeah, so the next year I was, you know, fast forward, I got drafted first round in the NHL. By no means was that a, a smooth season. It started out rough again, slow start for the team in general and for myself. Uh, out of a playoff spot at Christmas and we turned it around. I think we went like, I went 15, 10 and two, second half of the year, we got into the playoffs. Um, the whole team was young. So it was, it was a really fun dynamic to be around. We were young, competitive, um, gritty. We weren't the most skilled team, but we could outwork teams. And uh, I bought in, everyone else bought in and all my hard work was starting to pay off. My game went from, you know, being one of the worst goalies in the league to one of the best up and coming goalies within months, you know, six, 12 months. So that, and that's when it got fun and exciting. Like when you're, when you're in the race and you're in the hustle and, and you're grinding every day and you're seeing results, that's when, that's when hockey's fun. Yeah. It's, it's not just the end result. And I, I tell a lot of the players that, that I work with, you, you got to enjoy the journey, you know, and, and it's, it's some days it might seem like a grind and, and you think that, you know, you'll be satisfied once you get to a certain place or a certain level or crossing a certain finish line. And, and I said, but, but really until you start to enjoy the journey and, and, and that includes the winning and the losing, because I think there's, there's things to learn when you lose um, that that's, that's when you're having fun. And, and, uh, I'm glad to see that you were able to find the fun in the game again, because it's so important. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that, that it is a game. And, and then when it's not fun, um, you know, maybe that's a, a time when you got to start to think about, about other options. Right. So, so being able to find that and, and find your legs underneath you and, and put yourself on a streak, um, and, and being able to showcase your talents to go first round as a goaltender. That's um, that's, that's a, that's a pretty big feat in itself. Not many goaltenders get to go in the first round. Definitely. Yeah. That was, that was pretty damn exciting. Did, uh, now, did you know you were going in the first round? I, I honestly thought I was going in the second round. Yeah. Um, so to be picked at the end of the first round, that was a nice surprise. Wasn't wearing my best suit either. I was saving it. Today, so. Is that one of those, if I could look back at my 18 year old self <laughs> and, and tell him what to do, I would tell him to pick a better, better suit. Well, yeah. Pick a better suit, learn how to gel my hair, all those stuff. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Like, yeah, that feeling was amazing. You know, you're always playing a team sport. You're not used to, you know, being individualized in a, in a sense of being drafted on your own without you team being around so you know in terms of accomplishments for individual ones that's obviously one of my my best and favorite accomplishments and was happy enough to be there and with all my family and even some friends came and to LA so that was um, amazing and that's when I first started realizing how you know how quickly things can pay off if you want to work hard and commit yourself yeah okay so you get drafted first round to Phoenix um, you're looking forward to going to camp the next year How's that play out? Yeah, so camp was great. I went went in the summer, had a lot of fun, met a bunch of the guys. Um, standard camp during the summer, just scrimmages, and then going to my first real NHL camp that fall. Uh, it was awesome. It's where I wanted to be. 
knew I wasn't going to stay. They, they had told me, and obviously it's rare for an 18 year old goalie to, to start sure. out in the NHL. So I, I knew going into camp, I wasn't going to stay, but, um, you know, I had a really good camp and because of that, they rewarded me with my first NHL exhibition game in Anaheim. Nice. Uh, my goalie partner that night was Curtis McElhaney, who still plays. Great guy, super good guy. Helped me with uh, just saying, hey, man, it's just another game. Yeah. Uh, you're here for a reason. And we ended up winning in Anaheim. Timu Solani was cruising around in his Jopa helmet. Nice. So that was pretty uh, pretty funny to see a guy you, you grow up watching. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was big confidence builder. Um, and that just, you know, lit another did, fire. Did, did you shut him home. down? I don't remember, man. In the game, <laughs> even the moment, yeah, you just you zone in, and yeah. I remember his first shift. He took a terrible slashing penalty, just two-handed a guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny the things I, you remember, yeah. Yeah, so I I finished the second half of the game, so I I was starting on the bench. So I remember okay. seeing that going, wow. I guess yeah. you can get away with that. <laughs> yeah, but when you're Solani, there's when you got to carry that name on your jersey, there's probably a little bit of liberty you can take. Yeah. So yeah. So you go through camp, you get your first uh, first taste of pro hockey under your belt, back to junior. Um, big year for you um, with the World Juniors as well. You got the tap and the call. Um, that's pretty exciting to, to don your, your country's jersey. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely like I was a year younger. So there's, you know, guys a year older than me. That was their year to play for Team Canada. I was uh, an underager technically, so... At the beginning of the season, I didn't know if it was going to be a reality or not. It's tough to tell because there's so many other goalies that are sure. older. Um, but I had a great start to the year. You know, as, as a whole, our team was just getting better and better. So it was getting more and more fun, winning more. Yeah. And, yeah, I got the invite to camp. Um, and I had a great camp. And, you know, with, with Team Canada at the time, I think that camp was only three or four days long. And um, so it was Where real, was it real that quick. year? Where was it? Yeah. No, 11. So that year was Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo, yeah, yeah which was pretty awesome because like all the fans would come over from. Yeah, from Canada, I was. Uh, so. I think I was at at the gold medal game. In yeah, Buffalo. so that. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll get to that. So yeah, I didn't start. <laughs> yeah. So the tournament started out. I was just the backup. I wasn't the starting goalie. The older yeah. guy, um, Olivier Wa, was the starter, and he, he didn't play poorly. He had a few tougher games and. Uh, basically boiled down to who's going to start the quarters. And I got the nod, won the quarters, uh, played the U.S. in the semis. That was a great game. Insane crowd, just insane. Yeah. Couldn't hear anything the whole game other than screaming and it was made it impossible to communicate on the ice. But yeah. uh, that's probably one of my best games. Um, Execution-wise, playing the puck just totally shut them down and um, got player of the game there. And then, uh, yeah, the gold medal game was tough. We went up 3 nothing. Uh, we lost 5-3 final against Russia. They scored five goals in the third period. Um, half our team was sick, not eating with the flu, which not a lot of people know. Not an excuse. I was yeah. one of them. But uh, real interesting mindset going into that game. It was, uh, I didn't eat any food during the day. For me, it was take it period by period. First period was fine. Second period, you could kind of see near the end, like we were getting tired and they were turning the tide. And I just remember sitting in the, the dressing room, just like, just trying to breathe and, yeah. and drink water and, and keep fluids in me. And man, the, the Kuznetsov, Tarasenko. I was say, oh my God. A, I, 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 was, I was at that game <laughs> and I was sitting there yeah, watching. They, 
and because Nethoff was the on fire. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, is, I think the two games before that, they did the same damn thing. They they came back from behind in their two yeah. previous games, and we knew that. Yeah, obviously, but but they took it to us. Um, you know, there was a lot of mistakes made in front of me, and I made a lot of mistakes as well. Like yeah. it's there's no onus on one sole player, but no. uh, that was a tough game for me, and it was a game where I could have, you know, moving back to junior after that game, I could have sulked and I could have use it as an excuse to sure. not be motivated so i had a choice to make i said listen like it is what it is it's one game and so what you learn you live and learn you move on you can't do anything about it yeah. and that first game back in uh, in junior we were playing sarnia i think we were down 2-1 after the first period never been chirped so hard in my life like it was the verbal yeah. abuse was yeah. insane <laughs> from from the Sarnia fans, where were so, uh, you were you in Sarnia for no, that like, game? No, we we're at home. It was the players, so like they're, <laughs> oh, they're just, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving it to me, yeah. so they're giving it to me. And I remember we were down two one, and I was like, I was like, here we go again. Yeah. Like, and then we rallied. We won six two, and they didn't say a single word in the third. And that was sort of like I call them fu moments in my career. Yeah, that yeah. was one of them where I was. I never ever played two bad games in a row. Yeah, I prided myself on that, and that was a bounce back. I think I went one twelve game straight after that, went on a tear, and the rest of the season was great. Yeah, so, good for you. Character, character those are those are tough ones, and and you know a lot of people you know look at it. And my opinion on on goaltenders, and I lived with a couple of them. First of all, I think you guys are all nuts, anyways. Um, but but um, you know I truly believe it's probably one of the hardest positions to play in a sport. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're not familiar with hockey, here's the, how I kind of break it down. If you're a forward and you make a mistake, you got the defenseman, the two defensemen to kind of pick you up and, and you hope that they do their job. And if a defenseman makes a mistake, it usually turns around on a shot on net. And so just think you got three guys up front, they make a mistake. They got three guys behind them. The first two guys are the defensemen. They fuck up. Well, guess what? That's a shot on net. And what is everybody in the crowd looking at? They're looking at you, right? So you got to wear that on your shoulder. Then, and if the puck, if that shot gets past you into the net, well, now that's all they remember is you got beat on that shot. Nobody's thinking about, you know, the left winger down in the corner who fucking lost the battle in the corner for the puck and turned it over, which is where the play started. And he's not being held accountable. Now, the coaches might hold him accountable. And when they go back and review video, but everybody in the stands that that doesn't know anything about the game is just focusing in on that goaltender. So really hard to be able to, you know, um, mentally prepare yourself that at some point you're going to get scored on and you got to step over it and move on. And whether it's a goal, a game, and to bring yourself back in every day, I believe it's, I truly believe it's one of the tough, toughest positions mentally to, to play. So, um, it, you know, congratulations for, for A, being a goaltender and, and having, having a, 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 the mental mindset to get through it, because I, I think it would just tear a lot of guys apart. Yeah, it's, it's one of those positions where the reason why I loved it is, you know, you need your team to score one goal and you can basically win the rest of the game for them. Yeah. And it goes the other way. You know, there's a lot of times your team plays great in front of you and the goalie doesn't play great and you lose. Yeah. Um, it's I laugh because, you know, typical media and post-game interviews, like it's never talked about that way. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of times where um, the team plays like shit. You get outshot 45 to 20 and you win one nothing. 
Um, and everyone's happy because you won, but really the team didn't play well. So there's really not much to be happy about. Yeah. Uh, but as a goalie, you're, you're, you're a pig and shit. You're super happy. Like sure. you put on your head, but there's also lots of other times where you outshoot a team 45, 20 and you lose five, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone's like, hello, like, can you make a save? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, just, just to finish, like, that's why I love the position is you can yeah. dictate the game. You have a lot of control in that regard, and I love that pressure. Yeah, and, you know, it really – you guys can dictate the tempo of a game too. And I know as being a player, if you got your, your starter in net and he's on, um, it just adds so much more confidence to the guys that are playing out in front of you, right? They don't feel like they, can, they have to play safe. They can take chances. You know, they know they got the wall back in net who is, who is on. When you guys are in a zone, it's like it's so, so fluid to watch because it's almost magical the way you move through round in the net and you're able to cover up, um, you know, cover up the holes when you, when, when shooters are looking, think it's there and then you take it away. It, it really is. It's an art. Goaltending is an art. And, um, and you can, you can pull a team through. And, and uh, I, I really believe that teams should build their, their team, their, their presence from the net out uh, with a strong goaltending uh, duo in net. You can, uh, you can accomplish so much as a team. Um, so, so what a great experience your first year, um, you know, the, not the result you wanted, but, but a great experience. So you're coming off, getting drafted first round, you get the opportunity to play on a, uh, on a contending OHL team and you're, um, you know, you get your first taste of international experience um, and being in the spotlight. Um, uh, now you're end, at the end of that season. How do you come down from something like that? What are your expectations going into your next year? Uh, well, for me, like, it's not a perfect path for anyone, but I was lucky enough to be on an OHL team that, you know, the timing was great. Whereas my first year we were rebuilding, second year was sort of the same. Third year we were competitive, but not a not a top three team. And then my fourth year, like, we were, we were the team to beat in our conference. So, I mean, for me, I set high standards all the time. I set big goals um, and... I intended to accomplish all that. So I came into my final year, no HL, knowing it was going to be my last year. That was a, that was, you know, in the back of my mind, I wanted to make the most of it. Didn't have a great start to the year. Actually, I got hurt and then I uh, came back and I was just awful. I was not playing well. Um, I had some issues off the ice that I wasn't dealing well with. And, you know, I was, we were the number one or two ranked team in Canada at the time. Yep. And I think I started the year three wins, seven losses, really out of character for me. And I'll be the first to admit that record was probably because of my, my play. I just wasn't good enough. So some adversity, no big deal. I've dealt with adversity before. Yeah. Um, that's when I started working with my first psychologist. So 18 years old, I wasn't, didn't really have the option. I was forced, which I'm thankful for. Um, Arizona Phoenix at the time was actually kind enough to pay for all that so really appreciative of that um, because that just offered a whole new perspective of the game um, offered me new tools to approach the game to approach practice to approach life outside of hockey and you know I had a I had a lot riding on me in terms of world juniors there was a lot of pressure um, the media was starting to say why should I even make the team anymore for my second year because now, did you follow the media well. a lot or were you one of these guys that just tried to block it out and I know it's hard uh, I mean you know when you play for team Canada you go back to the OHL you get new interviews every day yeah. um, 
every game day you're you you have to do the, the Kojiko stuff, um, the Sportsnet stuff. It's just part of the gig. Yeah. So they you don't look at it they remind you of it and they ask you about it on a daily <laughs> so it's constantly uh, in your face whether you're trying to or not right yeah it comes it's par for the course comes yeah. with the job so i i had that and i just you know was struggling and uh i started working with that psychologist as i started turning my game around i showed up uh, in calgary for camp in december uh, my psychologist met me out there for the second time um and this is when i had i was playing with a chip on my shoulder a big chip chip on my shoulder I had a lot to prove in my mind and I wanted to prove everyone wrong so my camp went really well put on a clinic basically didn't let in a goal first exhibition game got booed by our home crowd that was tough um, got pulled in that exhibition game I don't attribute it to being booed just didn't play well yeah but uh, that hurt that hurt a lot yeah. um, I didn't appreciate that at all obviously the media brought it up um, and that was the first time I stood up for myself to the media. They, uh, I told the media before and our, our PR guy, Andre Brin, great guy. I think he's with Edmonton Oilers now. He yeah. said to the media, Mark's not going to answer any questions about last year. And sure enough, lights, cameras go on. First questions about last year. And I said, you want to fucking quote Google my name? I've already answered that question a hundred times. And I just walked away. So that was me saying like, F you, you're yeah. not going to sit here and take advantage of me. Yeah. And that's, that was my approach to that tournament. So um, we split duties. I played 50, 50, didn't play poorly in the tournament. Um, won all my games and the head coach said, you know what, you're not going to start semifinals and semifinal game was against Russia who we lost to the year before in the gold medal game. That was extremely hard to hear. Bet you're looking uh, forward to that game. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like no idea. I might, so, I might have a little, but yeah. If I were to bet on myself, that's a, if I were to bet on myself, that's a game I'd bet on. Um, yeah. I didn't get to start. Our other goalie started. He got pulled after letting in four. Um, we came back. We almost tied the game. Ryan Strom hit a post in the third period and we lost. Yeah. So now it's a whole different dynamic. Now here I am, one year older, one year better, one year wiser, not even playing for a gold medal, whereas year before I was. Yeah. So now here I am preparing for a bronze medal game, and uh, it was it was it was weird. It was it was That's weird. It's kind of so an like, odd game to try to get up for, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't excited to to get a bronze medal. Yeah. I, I didn't go there to win a bronze medal. And uh, I remember the night before that game, Ron tugged up my goalie coach for Team Canada at the time. Um, and Peter, our psychologist, who's a great guy, our team psychologist for Team Canada, we had to sit down, the three of us, and uh, it's emotional because they, you know, Ron Tugna just sat there and said, you know, you've been through so much bullshit this past year with the media and how bad people have treated you. He goes, you don't deserve any of that. Yeah. And he goes, that's why you're going to play well. And I was just, we were all crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was very yeah. emotional. emotional. And, uh, there's one clip. So the next game, bronze medal game, we won four nothing. I got a shutout, but there was a terrible call made against me for throwing my stick, which I didn't. But anyhow, the guy got a penalty shot. I made the save and I basically fired the puck back at the player. And that was me going, fuck you to like the whole world. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, I love watching that clip. I also yeah. made uh, an epic behind the back save, which made the highlight reels for years. Yeah, absolutely. And when I say there's a few moments in my career, that is another big one. You know, yeah. I proved to myself that I can bounce back from anything, play well. And, you know, it wasn't a gold medal, but to me, I, like I said, I, 
I went there with the mindset that I'm not going to fucking let anyone get me down. I'm not going to lose any games. And I didn't. Good for you. So that was, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the end result, but yeah. I went back to OHL, won 15 games straight. Bob's your uncle. Right. <laughs> Another F you right at back. Right. Yeah. So onward. Yeah. <laughs> now your, your, your OHL career is over. Um, you've, you've got that behind you looking forward. Um, What's going through your mind now? How are you preparing? What uh, what do you got your sights set on? Yeah, so OHL career is done now. You know, now is exciting. Now it's pro hockey. It's everything I had dreamed of. It's real. You know, you you have a contract. You have the opportunity. Um, had a really good first camp. Not first camp, but first pro camp. You know, after turning pro, and um. You know, I had a I had an older guy ahead of me in the AHL, Chad Johnson, great guy, one of my favorite teammates to this day. But the GM told me, he's like, you know, no matter how well you play this year, you're not going to get called up. Like we want you to mature and play well in the minors, and that that didn't sit well with me. It wasn't an ego thing; it was more of a incentive type thing. I didn't, you know, I didn't appreciate, you know, getting like it would have been better off just not telling you that. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny the approach on how you approach people and the things you say, and and you know, look at you know this uh, hockey's an old boys club, and there's the way that they do things and the way that they talk to you. Um, you know, this goes back to when you know, and I'm 51, goes back to the way they used to treat us, right? So first of all, I want to say, you know, if we if we take a step back, the fact that they were able to offer you the option of having a sports psychologist work with you, I think is is huge. Um, stuff like that just didn't even exist when I was playing. Um, we used to get talked to like that all the time. We couldn't approach the coaches. We couldn't ask them questions. And if we did, the answer we got was um, just shut up and do what I say or be patient and wait your turn. And that, that mm -hmm. was about it. We were left trying to figure it out a, a lot on our own. And it's funny because I had this conversation with Davis Payne. He's the assistant coach with um, the Ottawa Senators now. And we played together at Tech. And, and he laughs. He goes, it's just not like that anymore. You know, they, a lot of the coaches, the guys that are my age that are, that are in management or coaching, have this new open door policy. And the younger players are coming in. And, you know, if they're not playing, you have to have um, – you have to have reasons and you have to have explanations. Um, it's funny. I had this, this summit that I put on this past weekend and I had uh, James Richmond head coach of the, uh, the OHL steelheads. And he said, he goes, you gotta be like, he's funny. He goes, you gotta, if you gotta be as a coach, you gotta be like the Google button. <laughs> the players want to ask you questions. You gotta have answers. And that just wasn't the case back then. So I think you were at a time where it was just starting to change a little bit, right? So you still had that old guard mentality and some new younger minds coming in, trying to usher in um, a little bit of evolution to the game. Yeah, like I, I, I understood it. I didn't, I didn't argue it. I think I, if there's anything I would change looking back, I wish I pushed more. I wish the biggest advice I give the kids now, I say is you, you can ask for things so long as you're good enough to back it up. Right. I, I knew I was, my play showed it. I was playing really good hockey in the minors. So, you know, my goalie partner who was older got called up twice that year ahead of me. And both times he was called up, he wasn't playing well in the minors and I was playing really well. Now, both times he was called up, he played really well in the NHL. So he did his job. Yeah. But yeah. each time he was called up, it was, you know, it was a little frustrating for me going, you know, 
I feel like I'm ready. I want a chance. You know, I want to get at least just a few days in the NHL. So if I'm needed in the future, it's not like a big surprise of what it's like. It's a uh, boom. I'm here. I'm used to the routine. No big deal. Um, you know, just another day in the life. So, um, so yeah, that happened. And I ended up missing two months that season with injury, which didn't help uh, after Christmas. So that, that put a damper on that season for me, but all in all, like a good first year pro, we had a good team. Um, made playoffs, had a lot of fun living in Maine, great, great city, Portland, Maine. And uh, I really, I loved living there. It was a great time, great little hippie city. Yeah. Loved the food, loved the atmosphere. We had good fans. So it wasn't like it was a bad atmosphere to be in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was my first year pro and uh, no NHL call-ups, but um, besides my my injury, it was, it was a good start. Yeah. Um, but you talk about a couple of things that, that I like to touch on. You talk about, you know, getting the opportunity to go up and understand the routine. How important is routine and habits? And, and I know goalies, if anybody's superstitious, goalies tend to be a little bit on the extreme side compared to the rest of the players. How important was that to, to your success and, and what you did on a daily basis? Did you have a routine? Uh, I definitely had a routine by no means was it debilitating. Um, I had learned in junior that you can't, you know, a junior, you, you drive through snowstorms, you show up half hour before games. Like you learn pretty quick to not allow your routine to dictate your play. Right. When I say get used to the routine in NHL, it, it more so means see what it's actually like to be there in sure. the environment, in the spotlight. So the next time you're called up, it's you're not stuck in this awe yeah. mode for a week or so. Um, yeah, routine. I mean, you know, everyone lives with routines. Today, I live with routines for work, and um, it's important to have a structured life, in my opinion. Um, I see. I'll challenge you on that because I don't think everybody does, and I think that's something that that a lot of people lack. And I think that being an athlete, um, or, or even a former athlete, we are used to the routine and the structure and having that. And a lot of the guys, I think that's a big part of when they leave the game where they struggle is that lack of routine, right? Because if you think about it, you know what time practice is at, you know what time you got to be at the bus, you, everything is scheduled for you, right? So you're, you're able to follow into a routine better. Um, you know, and I don't want to jump ahead, but, but just, you know, thinking about when you had to make that decision to not play anymore, waking up that next day, what was that like? Because I know, you know, not yeah. having the routine for me when I made the decision and I didn't have the career you had was difficult. Uh, I was like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, no doubt. So I, I was always a guy that always had to have something on the go outside of hockey because I was curious, like to try things, like to do things. I can't just sit at home and do nothing. So when I, I remember uh, I was home for two days when I chose to retire and I was going stir crazy. Yeah. Like, what do I, what do I do now? Like, I don't need to go to the gym. Like there's no, there's nothing I need to do for my job. I don't have a job. I don't have a plan. Like I have nothing. I, I'm just, what do I want to do? Like, that's basically what it was for the first few days. What should I do today? I hated it. I hated it. I was driving myself crazy. And like, I was going to go back to school. I decided that, but you know, that wasn't for eight months. Like I had to wait. So I had to figure out what the hell to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that transition, yeah, like your routine is thrown out the window because you're not practicing, you're not working out, you're not traveling. Yeah. So I, yeah, finding that new routine at the beginning was terrible, 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 not fun. Yeah. <laughs> not fun. You, you missed the game, but what what did you miss the most when you quit? 
uh, I can't speak for other guys, but the camaraderie, being in the dressing room with the guys every morning, there's always someone laughing and joking. There's something to laugh at. Just it's the standard answer. Take, that's, take, that's what the guys miss. That's what everybody misses. It's that that, yeah, that locker room. Yeah, like I really took it for granted how fun that was. Like traveling. Like I love being on the road. I, I always love being on the road. I love playing on the road. I love silencing arenas on the road. Um, I love going out to eat for dinners with the guys on the road. Like I was always in charge of picking the restaurant yeah. on the team out on. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, just, just the environment of having a bunch of brothers and just having a great time every day. Like yeah. it's, it's something it's, it's hard to find outside of hockey. Really? It, it is. Trust me. I spent 20 years looking for it and that's why I've come back to the game. Um, and that's yeah. what I've enjoyed the most coming back into sports is just being able to have conversations like this that rekindle those, you know, those emotions that you have. And, and it actually restores a little bit of faith in humanity because I'll tell you the corporate world is, um, is uh, um, not the most ethical place to, to spend your time. And, and it really can be wearing on you, you know, and not that sports can't, because I think, you know, as you, as you, you talked about, um, you know, it can be harsh and, and, and there are people out there that can be in your face and, and, you know, what I, what I really liked was your, your, your statement that if you're going to ask for something, you got to be able to back it up. Davis Payne said something similar in our interview when he said, you know, if you're going to ask for it, be prepared for the answer, good or bad. Right. And, and I think you just add to that when you say, if you're going to, what, if you're going to go ask those questions, be prepared to, to back it up. So I think that's, um, you know, that's huge. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your career as a pro, you know, you ran into a string of injuries. Um, yep. you know, that, that's tough when a guy starts to run into injuries, it's hard to, um, you know, it's not just like chipping a fingernail or something. Yours were, were, were kind of extreme. Yeah. So my, my second year of pro, I was in the minors pretty much the entire year. We were dead last. It was, it was awful to be honest. It was, I hate losing have no time for losing and you know when when it hits Christmas break and you kind of know that your team probably isn't going to make the playoffs the whole dynamic in the room can change and and it did and it became just uh try to salvage a year and just try to get better somehow yeah um you know fortunate for me unfortunate for Mike Smith he got it hurt at the end of the year with three weeks left in the season so I was called up um backed up eight or nine games got to play in one my first and only NHL game at the end of the season against San Jose which was quite the thrill great fun always wanted to be there played the game played really well and felt normal I was yeah. like cool like I always knew I could play here I just proved that I can yeah and that was the last game of the regular season second last game sorry and then um, that was the end of my second year of pro go home for the summer all amped up now I actually have a real opportunity of cracking the roster the following year, show up to camp, blowing my ankle out um, during training camp. Didn't think it was as bad as it was, was told it wasn't that bad. Um, two months go by, I still have sharp pain. So I was worried, scared. Um, went and got uh, an opinion from an ankle surgeon. And, you know, unfortunately he said, if, if it hasn't gotten better by now, then we got to operate. Uh, that was tough, tough rehab. So I missed that entire season. Didn't play a single game. So I went from playing my first NHL game to missing the entire next season. <laughs> God. So that was tough. Contract year, didn't have a contract. Um, 
Phoenix said, see ya, didn't want to reassign me, um, is what it is. That's the business, nature of the business. I was fortunate to be given a, an AHL contract with Chicago Blackhawks farm team, which I was pretty pumped for. Great organization. Just came off winning the cup. Yeah. Uh, so I was super excited, A, for a fresh start, B, to be part of the Chicago organization with an opportunity, you know, to hopefully crack the roster there down the road. Uh, had a good start-ish to my first year back um, from injury, played 12 games, blew out the other ankle, missed the whole second half, rest of the season. So going into my fifth year, no, yeah, fifth year pro, I had gone 30 months straight and played 12 games. Wow. Um, typical span like that, I would have probably played 100-ish games. Sure, yeah. 130 games. So, um, you know, now I was trying to come back from two really tough surgeries, you know, surgeries that aren't goalie-friendly per se. Yeah, well, especially just, your ankle. Just, I mean. Yeah, I just couldn't move the same anymore. It was in pain. Um, and I just what, tried to do everything. What, what I actually happened in, in each of them? So it was just really bad high ankle sprains, really. Yeah. Um, just tore all the surgery? ligaments. Huh? Yeah, ripped the ligaments. They had to, they had to, yeah, they put hardware in the ankle, so I still have metal in there now um, to hold everything together, and that drastically changed uh, range of motion. Oh. Um, my range of motion lessened, which made it hard to, to move as a goalie, made it hard to skate, made it hard to butterfly. Yep. Um, tried to come back still. I didn't want to just quit. I didn't want to, you know, just rehab and stop playing. So I came back, decided to go to Europe. I needed, I needed a change. Sure. I just needed something different. You know, mentally I was, I was just struggling just to get my head around being a good goalie again. Um, and yeah, I went to Europe and my, my deal was terminated there because of injury. <laughs> and I, I already, I knew I'm like, you know what? I can't move anymore. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. My body can't do it. So it's time to take a step back. Yeah. And I was young. I was only 25, I think, at the time, which is, you know, looking now, I'm 28. Like, it's not old, especially for an athlete. Like, goalies, Tim Thomas came into the game late. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was tough to sort of come to grips with the reality that my body cannot do what it needs to. Yeah. And my mind wanted to. My body couldn't. So that, that was hard. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a decision that was made overnight, you know, had two surgeries over a course of two or three years. So, it, you know, it was in the back of my mind. So, yeah. you know, deep down, I, I knew it was going to be hard and to come back and I didn't, I tried, couldn't do it. Proud that I at least made the effort. Yeah. Um, and I had, but yeah, like some great experiences along the way. Like, yeah. By no means I look at it as a negative. I look at it as I did everything I absolutely could to try to play the game I loved. Yeah. And I'm damn fortunate to at least play that one NHL game because if I didn't, that would have been tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, at least that at least that childhood dream was alive for yeah. a few weeks. Yeah. And and that's, you know, like you're such such a decorated junior, had so much success. Um, you know, just the adversity that you've had to deal with a, you know, the injuries are one thing I think. And, and, you know, from speaking from my own personal experiences, I think it's, it's the, the mental side that, that really, 
um, you can find yourself in, in dark places sometimes, right? And especially when you have so much passion and love for a sport and a game, you've committed so much time to being the best uh, at your trade. And, and it's, it's almost like it's, it's something that's out of your control that has forced you out. And that's a hard thing for, um, for anybody, you know, any player to, to have to come and reconcile with. So, it, you know, it sounds like you're, you're keeping yourself busy and you, you've got a lot of positive things going, take the sport. And this is what I tell a lot of the young guys that I work with, you know, use the sport as much as you can to get as much out of it because it'll certainly use you. And, and make sure that you're, you're, you're thinking about, you know, your future, because there will come a time when you have to make that decision. Either you're, you're not good enough, you're, you're injured, as it was in your case, or you just decide that you don't like what the game has, has done for you, which was in my case. And, um, and, and so, you know, when I walked away, it was maybe a little bit easier than being forced out like, like yours. I wasn't a big draft pick, you know, I can look back now and, and, um, uh, and, and I own all the decisions I made. I don't regret anything um, uh, other than, you know, um, being able to take those experiences now and share them with some younger guys that, that are on the upside and give them a perspective that they might not be able to um, come to on their own. And, and I think that, you know, the mind is, is, is the, the strongest muscle in your body to help pull you through those situations and until you just can't anymore. So um, good on you, brother. Um, I, I wish you, uh, I wish you tons of, uh, tons of luck with what you're doing now. And I'm, I'm sure if you take that same mentality and that mindset that you had as a player and you focus it on, um, uh, on what you're doing business-wise, you'll be successful. You just cut your clubhouse hours down. <laughs> yeah much appreciated and no you're right hockey uh, some guys might not notice it while they play but it teaches a lot of great life lessons it teaches you to bet on yourself teaches you discipline teaches you work ethic teaches you leadership teaches you so much that that applies to real life outside of sport and god like I don't regret anything it was a great experience I'd pay a lot of money to go do it all over again <laughs> Especially my OHL years. My OHL years were so much fun when you're young and, you know, with a bunch of like, oh, so fun. I always, I still keep in touch with some of my teammates from back then. And it's, yeah. we always say like, man, what a fun time that was. And it was, it's, uh, it's a great sport. Yeah. And you, you meet a lot of great people in the sport, right? And this is what I say. I love about it. Like, here we are, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the age of the guys that coached you. And, um, you know, we have a couple of, uh, of common, common friends, um, coaches that you played for were the guys that I played with. Um, and, and so, but we, it's able to bring us together and, and share stories. And, uh, and there's that, there, I believe there's that one or two degrees of separation in this sport. And I think it's, I think it's the best sport in the world. Um, I'm sure that people that disagree, but I think hockey players are just different athletes than, than a lot of the other athletes. Um, you know, we might be the blue collar athletes and I think that's changing now. A lot of guys are getting, are, 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 um, are making a, a ton more money than what was available when, uh, when even I was playing, but, but, uh, I think it's great for the sport and, um, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the sport was something in common that was able to uh, link us up. So, um, so listen, Mark, it's the last question that I ask everybody before we, uh, before we say goodbye. Um, and, um, uh, here it is. If, 
if your life was a billboard on the road of life, what would your billboard say? So, so Rob, are you, you told me to keep this 12 words or less. <laughs> I've succeeded because I, I can keep it under eight words. And awesome. there's, a, there's a saying I live by and it rings true to me for some reason. And I just came up with it a few years ago. I don't even think it was while I was playing hockey. I think it was after. And the, the, it's a question and it's, what should you really be doing right now? Question mark. I love um, The reason why it rings true to me is because I live life with a purpose. Meaning, you know, every day in my life, there's things I should be doing. There's things I want to be doing. There's things I need to be doing. Procrastination is a real thing. Distractions are a real thing. That, that saying, what should you really be doing now, always reminds me, hey, are you doing what you need to be doing to get to where you want to be? Simple as that. Um, I've learned in hockey, no matter what, no matter what you want to do in life, if you apply yourself, reach out to the right people, do the right work, you can do it. It is possible. But if you're not going to do the work, you got no chance. So what should you really be doing right now? You're doing your job. I'm volunteering my time to you, which is nice. I don't mind that. That is probably the most profound answer I think that I've had. And I've asked it quite a few times. Um, well done. Yep. Well done. It's a good one. It's simple. It, it's but... Really. You know what? Sometimes it's those simple ones that, that resonate the most with people. And I think that one is going to resonate with a lot of the people listening to this. Uh, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate your candor, Mark. Um, appreciate you as a new friend. I wish you uh, um, all the best in your new endeavors. Um, we're just down the road. Hopefully we get an opportunity to uh, to, to maybe uh, uh, sip a beer together when this world opens up again. And uh, I, I'd appreciate uh, I'd appreciate that. I'd love to have you back on here again and, and stay in touch and see if there's ways that um, that you can bring some value to the folks that are listening to me as I as I head out and and I'm planning more of these these hockey type of summits. I think you'd be a valuable asset. And uh, and if there's anything that I can do for you on the business side, put you in touch for people with people. Um, I'm more than happy to do that. So uh, again, thank you for your time today. I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you, Rob. A lot of fun. Always fun talking hockey and uh, seems like you're helping a lot of athletes. And that's that's one of the best parts about being a retired athlete is giving back. So thanks for doing that. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, guys, there is Mark Visentine. I hope you enjoyed this one and we will see you on the other side. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. Um, both Mark and I appreciate your time and the last hour that you spent with us. Um, again, uh, I remind you if you uh, if you found today's uh, podcast interesting, if you got anything out of it, please give it a like and share. Um, Mark is a, a great young man. He's got a great career ahead of him. I really enjoyed the time that I got to spend uh, learning more about him and uh, and his career and and some of the adversity that he had to. Um, he had to overcome and endure and I respect respect the decision that he had to make not an easy one to walk away from the game when he did after uh, looking at, uh, at such a promising opportunity as a young man um, but he still got his whole life ahead of him and he will do great things so again thank you for tuning in and uh, we will be back next week with a new gift uh, gift <laughs> I wish a new guest 
Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate your time and uh, stopping by.